This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The following content is not suitable for children. George, when we are in recovery from the sexual negative cycle, There's two kinds of things that we've talked about together when we teach therapists, two different longings that need to come forward and be expressed. And and I just want us to go through that together today. Let's do it. Welcome to Foreplay Sex Therapy. I'm Dr. Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fowler, your couples therapist. We are here to talk about sex. Our mission is to help couples talk about sex in ways that incorporate their body, their mind, and their hearts. And we have a little bit of fun doing it, right, G? Listen, and let's change some relationships. Okay. Yeah, this is cutting edge stuff. That's why it's fun working with you, Lori, as we keep trying to push the edges and get a little bit clearer. We do. We talk a lot about this overlap between the emotional and the sexual cycle. And there's a lot of focus on when you are not feeling safe. You might get rejected. You might fail. You're going to get hurt. I mean, the, the heart of a negative cycle is because people have an ouch and they don't know how to get help with that ouch, they protect themselves by going away, by getting angry, by pushing or pulling. So trying to get help with the ouch, that's the key to the emotional cycle. You don't need your protective moves if you can get help with your ouch. Mm -hmm. But if I feel like I'm failing and I can share that to you in a way that you can hear it and help reassure me and say, Ian, if you fail, it's okay. Or I don't Mm -hmm. think you're failing. Whatever. If you could help me with that, I wouldn't need to go away with that failure. Yeah. Right. If with your anger, if you could get help with the sense of rejection or not being interested, that triggers the unfairness and a protest, like you wouldn't have to get angry. Right. But if you could say to me, right. hey, it just feels like I get down on, on me because it doesn't seem like you want to engage and like that pulls me towards you. I, I comfort and reassurance. So we spend a lot of time on this and I think our listeners need to keep doing that. That's the secret to a secure relationship, right? Yeah. Getting, asking for help instead of protecting yourself. Yep. But it's not enough with the sexual It side. is not enough. Right. And this is big news. I mean, because if you just get reassurance with your hurts and fears and it ends there, things have calmed down, but you don't have a positive cycle. To have a positive cycle sexually, you need both partners to be open and explore. And we know what great lovers look like, right? You need to free up that energy and redirect it towards exploring your own wants and desires and fantasies and putting that into action with your partner. That's what a positive sexual cycle looks like. Exactly. Because it's not just, you know, your partner says, oh, yeah, yeah, I've rejected you for so long. I can see that that'd be hurt. It's like, yeah, you have, and it was. Okay, now what are you going to do about it? It's like they have to act. It's not that they just have to come forward and give you sex because that would not be enough either. They have to engage with their own eroticism. Well, let's take a look at what would that look like for the sexual, we'll start off with the sexual withdrawal. And then we'll get to the sexual pursuer. Okay. Like what might they, let's go through these two layers. What might they need 
in the emotional part of it for the reassurance. And yeah. once they get that, what would the longing be sexually and how would it express itself? Yeah. So, I mean, certainly as a sexual withdrawer, you know, you constantly get messages that you're not a good enough sexual partner, that you're failing your partner, that you don't give enough, that there's something broken in you sexually. And so some reassurance where your partner deeply sees you, sees your blocks, sees what's held you up, has kindness toward that and empathy, like, oh, I get it now. I get why you've been so blocked. And I get that you didn't mean to personally hurt me. And, you know, I, I, you know that caring and understanding is very healing for a sexual withdrawer. Right. Or I get that, you know, I was so pushing and so pushy that it just made you go away. You know, my part in the cycle, when I yeah. own that and the sexual withdrawer hears that and believes that their their partner is taking responsibility for their part of the cycle, those are good things. Yeah. And they need to happen. Exactly. So step one, the emotional cycle needs the reassurance. The withdrawer yes. gets messages, they're failing, they're coming up short, they're not enough. So they yeah. can share those fears and ask for help, right? And that help might be, can you tell me I am enough? Yeah. Can you tell me I'm doing a good job? Can you tell me even if I do a bad job, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It'll be good the next time. All of that responsiveness to the fear was what builds such great, oh, amazing yeah. safety. Oh, yeah. And then I think the second step two is in that freedom, in that safety, I have to engage with my erotic core, with the mm. thoughts that I have that are sexy that maybe I have pushed back for many good reasons. I want to be the sexual king. I, I want to be the sexual goddess. Woo! <laughs> right? Can you tap into that force, that vitality, yeah. right? That energy that's lurking in all of us that wants something. Right, it's we're designed to want something sexually to engage that way. How do we tap into that force, that sexual withdrawal that wants something out of this act? Yeah, I have rarely, rarely, rarely ever worked with a sexual withdrawal who doesn't re-engage with the inner part of them that feels sexual. Mm. And I, I just, it's so exciting to see that, George. You know, many times they come in and they say, "I don't really care if I ever have sex again." Yeah. And then as we uncover it and we go through the layers, they actually have erotic parts that they've just dismissed or diminished. And then they start to talk about it. It's like, well, you know, I always wanted to try this or, you know, I, I do like this kind of touch and I need more of that. Or, you know, as they engage with that place, it, it is so exciting, at least as a therapist, it's so exciting. <laughs> I'm a big fantasy i love fantasies and knights and castles and dragons but it's this is like excalibur the search for the holy grail right <laughs> it's like you have to go on a journey and it's an inner journey uh -huh. right? the withdrawal has to want to explore who am i sexually what turns me on and what turns me off and see the value in that life is not giving them many much space to want to go on that journey yeah. Right? But now that they've freed up a lot of this energy from all these fears, it's like, now's your time. Find the Holy Grail, whatever version of that it looks like for you. And, and I couldn't agree more. Every person that goes on this journey finds something. 
And they, anything they find is more than they, they have. Than they had. It's just that first step is the hardest step. It feels so daunting and it feels like, oh, you got to have to feel so bad about yourself and not know. No, it's like there. <laughs> They're just trying to tap into it. It is. And so now I'm just imagining you and Kathy are having this night princess fantasy role play thing. Is that is that what goes on in the Fowler bedroom? I don't know, but it sounds good to me. I don't know if I tried that one. I could pull the sword out of the stone and like, I'd be freaking some fun stuff happening. I had some friends who he literally dressed up in a suit of armor to propose to his wife. Well, there you go. Yeah, I guess she was turned on, man. Whew. Okay. And sometimes what turns us on might not turn on our partner, but hey, we can deal with those, cross those bridges where you they know, come, You know, I right? think the night, though, that's a, that's a pretty good turn on for a lot of women. So that's a, that's probably pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Some women don't want to be saved. They want to be the night, right? So again, maybe we have two nights with each other. Who knows? We, <laughs> we, we work with it. Yeah, we can we can take turns being the But that saver. key is the proof is in the vitality. It's in the energy, right? It's like... Part two is you got to tap into something in you that wants something, that knee on the bed that says, hey, there's something in this that I'm going to like, that I'm going to find enjoyable, that, you know, is worth what I'm doing now. Yeah. If you can find that, and you can find that in a million different ways, Yeah. but finding that is the key to success in which you're a re-engagement. It is. I know for me, you know, there are times I live limited in a female body with not much testosterone. And, you know, the knee on the bed for me, I'm, I always remember the orgasm. I mean, I always think about that. And it's like, I want that even if I don't feel a spark or a hint of arousal, like nothing. But my mind is like, oh, but I want that. I do want that. I remember that. I remember how good it feels. I remember how good we feel. You know, I, I particularly remember my husband laughing, you know, about that. Like it's, he just laughs every time I have an orgasm, you know, he thinks it's so funny. You know, but, I had a, I had a, a wife I was working with and she wasn't going to have an orgasm because they didn't have enough time. But what did she want? She wanted to feel this sense of connection with her husband. Oh yeah. To feel him inside of her to know like, how good that feels for her, even without the orgasm. Like, yeah. but she found her want, right? So again, it, the key is the want. Like, you got to get something out of this. And can you articulate it? If you're a sexual withdrawer who can articulate, I want this, and this is going to happen in this encounter, you're there. You found mm -hmm. the grail. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's cool. So what about the sexual... Shall we come back and talk about the sexual pursuer and... The two longings that they have. Ooh, different energy, right? The sexual withdrawal, we're trying to get them to re-engage what has been blocked. The pursuers, they have it, these energies there, but because it's been shut down and it shows itself in frustration, resentment, you know, all these negative emotions that really aren't too much of a turn on. <laughs> yeah, true. true so that. yes, that's a good idea. Let's okay. come back. Uber Lube. It's a luxury lubricant. Can you say that three times fast? Uber Lube Luxury Lubricant. You know, basically, it's pure silicone bliss. 
It is made from superior ingredients. It has skin-soothing vitamin E, and it goes on just like natural moisture, and it lasts a long time. There's no drip. The glass bottles are truly beautiful. You can leave them on your bedstand. I do. No problem. Nobody notices. And it's basically like this thin, slippery silicone formulation. It reduces friction, which is great, but it doesn't reduce sensation, and it stays slippery long enough for lasting pleasure They have travel-friendly toughened glass bottles. You can slip it in your gym bag. You can slip it in your purse. You can be ready whenever. Try UberLube, the silicone lubricant at uberlube.com. Use the code foreplay for 10% off. Really, it is the best lubricant on the market. So sexual pursuers, they have longings too. They have emotional longings that need to be recognized and held by their partner, seen, and they need to be able to ask for what they need. And then they also have a piece that sexually longs. And I think many long-term sexual pursuers who have been burned out, you know, actually need to be re-engaged sexually and risk again and learn to be seductive again and turn that energy back on. So Lori, let me just backtrack a second and, and just try to make it clearer on what we mean by longings. Cause a lot of people hear that word and like, Ooh, some mysterious thing. Really yeah. not that mysterious, yeah, yeah. right? So every emotion, every ouch, hurt, fear, those negative emotions, right? Which is the core of why people protect themselves. If we really listen to them, that's that's the importance of leaning into these negative mm-hmm. emotions because not only do they tell us the problem, but they also tell us what we need. That's all the longing is. If we're hurt, we need reassurance. We need a hug. We need understanding. We need that shift from isolation and the pain towards what connection can do, mm-hmm. right? Which leads to feeling lighter, warmer, safer. Comforted, yeah. Comforted, connected, right? So that how we get from the negative to the positive is listening to the needs and giving the needs what they're asking for. That's really all a longing is. Right. So let's talk about these sexual pursuers. In the emotional cycle, what are they needing? Uh, they need to be accepted for their desire, right? Rather than being rejected. Mm-hmm. Or, or they maybe they need to feel like their partner does think they're attractive. They need reassurance in some way. Mm-hmm. Some comfort right. for all the losses that they go through. Sure. Absolutely. So again, listening to the fear. The fear is I'm not wanted. Yeah. I'm, I'm not enough. You know, and then it leads to the shame enough, in that place. Enough. Yep. I'm broken. I'm too much. That's oftentimes pursuers feel like they're too much because they want sex too much. Yep. So the need in that is to be wanted, mm-hmm. to be needed, to be desired, to get that reassurance that says, I see your pain and your pain matters to me. Mm-hmm. I had a pursuer tell me, you know, well, she turned, asked her partner, she says, you know, when you walk away from me, not only do I feel alone, but because it happens so often, it's happened so often in my life, I actually believe I deserve to be left alone because who I am is just mean and ugly and repulsive and nobody would want it. God. So again, you got to go into that pain to listen yeah. to the longing. The longing is 
And it's hard for her to even believe somebody would want, would you want me in this ugly place where I don't want myself? That, that just kind of hurts my heart when I hear that. But that's what happens, but, right? Repetitively, if you're rejected you from a person who is your attachment figure, who you love desperately, mm -hmm. there's hardly any other way to go with it. But if you have the bravery to listen to it, Mm -hmm. asking for help there is the solution that's what turns a negative cycle into a positive mm -hmm. when she says can you love me in a place i don't love myself yeah and her partner her husband's heart is broken he has no idea she goes here yeah he says i'm so sorry of course and he comes and he scoops her up and he gives her a hug and he says i want to be the person who loves you when you can't love yourself because mm -hmm. i don't doubt in my love for you and this is yeah. easy for me to do and what do you think that's like for her to have somebody find her in this place and 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 try to reassure her? Yeah, and the person that she most wants to find her in that place. Absolutely, right. The game changes. Yeah. So when we talk about that emotional cycle needing some safety to kind of just lower all of these kind of big hurts that are kind of running the show, which is driving the protection. Mm -hmm. So once we get that. And the, the pursuer feels a bit safer. Now we got to shift to that second cycle. How do we access their sexual energy that has been rejected and repressed? And it's turned into this kind of twisted, frustrated, resentful kind of place. Mm -hmm. How do we get their mojo back, right? Mm -hmm. That energy that wants to express itself in these free, liberated ways. Yeah, because if you're having sex and you're angry and you've deserved it all along and you convey that <laughs> it's not it's not so sexy no and and you don't feel so good about it right the it's the drop in the bucket against all the things that you wanted so you can't enjoy it like yeah it's I had a, a sexual pursuer the moment he had an orgasm he'd go right to and now it's going to be probably five more days until the next one like yeah. his brain goes right to the worry and couldn't stay in the present moment mm -hmm. of the connection, mm -hmm. right? And, and what a what a miss for both of them. So what would it look like for that pursuer who's been able to sh get reassurance? Like, how do we get them to stay and access? You know, with the withdrawer, it's about going on a journey and finding their kind of sexual energy. That pursuer has found it, but they've kind of lost it because it's covered up with all this crap, all these mm -hmm. layers of anger and resentment. And once yeah. we free that up, like we want to see that, that that's what I'm calling the mojo back. Mm -hmm. We want to see them be able to be free again, uninhibited, mm. not, not fearful of being rejected. Right. I mean, they got to bring their sexual ideas again and all of that, which is so scary, I think, if you've been rejected over and over. Yeah, and again, what, what would it look like oh. to say, hey, I really would like... As we orgasm, can you look at me in the eyes? Mm. Or can you take charge tonight? Mm -hmm. I'm so much sick of making decisions in this world. I just want someone else to make the decisions for me. Yeah. Or, right? That playfulness to try to do something different. Yeah. Or I, I want to be the submissive one, the one who is asked, the one who is wanted. Can you do all of the work to get us to the sexual moment, especially if they've been carrying all that work for so many years? But you can see how it's unhindered, the expression, right? When you start to feel safer, it could be like, we just had a great weekend. We made love at the fireplace. I feel so connected to you. 
you know what but thursday i had such a warm day i just want to have something different let's have raw sex let's just come home <laughs> like like you could actually and your partner might not be in a mood for it but you can tap into what you want and just put it out there without all these layers of protection that the negative cycle starts to create yeah without all the fear and just saying again what you want without kind of the vigilant checking. Is it the right time to say this? It's like just being yeah. in touch with what I want. Yeah. And if that vigilance slips in, that's the emotional cycle needing some reassurance again. Yeah. But once we get that reassurance, and we're just hoping these pursuers can have a clearer image of what their sexual expression looks like, free of that. Because mm -hmm. it's been so weighted down and contaminated with all these layers of frustration and resentment. They, they have lost that mojo. So again, they, that rediscovering it again is just trying to kind of send these clearer signals that this is who I am. Yeah. And this is what I want. Here's that want again. And I'm putting it out there, you know, without all these reservations and conditions and things that typically it's been packaged with. Yeah. I asked a sexual pursuer, do you put out your fantasies? And they said, no, I don't because they had been so caught in the fight of whether or not there would be sex, whether or not there would be enough sex, that they really didn't even know their own sexual fantasies, their own sexual heart, like what, yeah. what they wanted. They, they were just caught in the power struggle with their partner. And so they didn't actually develop their, their fantasies and, and what they might have wanted. So I think in some ways, sexual pursuers are not always the most uninhibited and free. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they too have to do work, I think, in terms of developing who am I as a sexual being without the struggle, you know, and maybe the struggle started very early in their relationship, but now without it, how can I be more free and be more in touch with my own sexual fantasies and desires and needs and things yeah. that I could bring creatively to the bed? Yeah, we all have some withdrawer and pursuer in us. Absolutely. Right? So it's very common for a sexual Absolutely. pursuer because I mean, they're so focused on their partner yeah. and the rejection that there's not a lot of space for them to explore themselves too. Mm -hmm. So both people are going to try to find that holy grail, right? Yes. Like, who am I? And now my partner's doing it too. Like, what does that even look like for me again? And get back in touch with that. So that's a good point. We oftentimes assume pursuers are the experts on no. what they need because they no, spend no. so much time when that's actually not correct for so many pursuers. Right, exactly. So they're, they have growth in the sexual realm to do too. Yeah, so those, those layers, you know, asking, now that you got the freed up energy, can you join me in this new place? Can you celebrate my energy that wants to risk and express itself can you initiate too instead of just being responsive you know can i tap into my confidence again mm -hmm. and to me that's a, a big part of what has been lost through the negative cycle that part of me that can be fun and playful and all that positive emotion that's the other side of the rainbow right from the negative we yeah. want to see both. When a negative comes, you can ask for help and reassurance. Once you get that help, you can get back to the other side of the positive. Mm -hmm. The bedroom's the playground, right? It's the adult playground. We should see the signs of playing it again. It and is. that's what great lovers can do, right? Good. I love that. I would say, you know, as even though I'm a sexual pursuer, and I've said this on the podcast before, I, I know I have inhibitions. 
you know, things that I need to work on that make me a more free sexual person. And so that's kind of my commitment is like, how do I keep working on those so that I bring everything I am that is positive to the bedroom instead of just, you know, the push, instead of just the the desire for sex. It's like, how do I bring something that is more uninhibited, more free, talk more mm-hmm. about sex? I mean, sometimes I think, oh, yeah, I want this, but oh, I don't want to say that. I mean, it, I still feel inhibited about that. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things that as a sexual pursuer we can continue to work on once we're freed up. Right, and we're self-disclosing here. I'm the sexual pursuer too. Not a chance that the pursuers are doing a podcast on sex, right? <laughs> if we could just get the two damn withdrawers to do the podcast, maybe the world would be a better place. That's Who right, knows? That's right. Right, but it is what I'm taking out of this. Is it's exciting to think about. Oh, my wife could go on this search for the holy grail. How cool would that be? But you know what? It's always putting the burden on our partner. We all got to do our own journey. The more we know our own wants and our own sexual energy, the better it's going to be. So homework assignment. Homework. Homework. Okay. Thanks for listening. Go on a journey and find the Holy Grail. I would love to invite you. This is women only, but we are having a retreat in Asheville on November 10th through the 12th, and it's going to be a slumber party. And so we're going to like all stay together in the same cabin it's a beautiful space and we're going to have meals brought in and made and and we know who the chef is and so it's going to be wonderful maybe drink a little bit of wine if you'd like to and we have kind of some talks and time to work to Asheville your sexuality so the whole goal of this women's sexuality retreat the slumber party is to basically enhance and develop yourself, your erotic self inside. So we're going to be talking about anatomy and physiology and sexual attachment. We're going to talk through blocks, you know, what stops us? What are the breaks against our sexual expression? And then what are our gas pedals? What are our turn-ons? How do we open up more sexually, like with enhanced sexual pleasure? We're going to talk about orgasms and role play and using joys and fantasies and some stuff. And each night we're going to have a pajama party where we just relax and sit around and talk on the deck and hang out together. And and then on Sunday morning, we're going to set our focus and have concrete steps toward sexual engagement with our partners. Sounds pretty awesome, Lori. And all the men, don't worry about it. Maybe we'll have like a Spartan camp out somewhere, have a couple (laughs) beers and, you know, we'll do our own version of that someday. That would be great. So love to invite you. I will post it on foreplaysextherapy.com under resources, and there will be the retreat, the scheduling events, and you can link and figure out if you can make it with us on November 10th through the 12th in Asheville. Okay, so tell us about your cutting-edge training that you're doing on success and vulnerability? Lori, we just keep pushing it, coming up with a new module on the playbook of a pursuer, playbook of a witcher, really practical moment-by-moment moves of what a therapist can use. You know, we're so focused on what's happening in session. Enough there's talk about theories and these global things. We, I think most therapists are looking for, what do I do in this moment? 
give me a tool, George. So that's what we're trying to do. That's awesome. I am so glad you guys are doing this work. I think it helps us be organized to see you do it. You do demos, you do explanations, teaching. It really is interactive. And I think that so many trainings that we sit through don't give us an opportunity for that. So what you're doing is really important. No, we try to emphasize the teach it, show it, do it model of learning. You need to have some ideas, so we try to teach those. And then we try to show what it looks like implementing those ideas. But most importantly, you now got to practice it. That's how they become yours. And that's what we want our, our listeners and watchers to do is become their own moves. Find George and his teaching at successandvulnerability.com. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.